What is up, party people? <laughs> hey, man, it is your friend, Sage. Sage Against the Machine. That's the name of this podcast, Sage Against the Machine. I got a lot on my mind. A lot of things swirling around in this confused little noggin of mine. (laughs) So I don't know if that's going to make it a good show or a uh, less good show. I have a problem staying on track, staying focused. And I'm not sure that... uh, is really what a quality broadcast needs. (laughs) A little bit of focus might help a person. I sometimes think I need like a a co-host, but Joe Rogan doesn't have a co-host. He does have Jamie, you know, but Howard Stern has, you know, I haven't listened to Howard Stern in years, but I'm sure it's the same team, right? Robin and Baba Mooey. It's nice, you know, like you have some people you can bounce stuff off of. The problem is, it's not as enjoyable for me to uh, have other people on the show. Because then I got my head in another place that I'm like, well, I got to think about what they're going to say and I got to think about how I'm going to uh, navigate that conversation. Whereas, you know, it's just one less thing. (laughs) Doing this on my own. (laughs) Oh, anyways, anyways. I want to talk lawsuits, I think, today. I feel like lawsuits are in the air. If it's fall in America, it's lawsuit time. I don't know. I don't know. Donald Trump, man. Is he going to get out of this one? (laughs) Will Donald Trump be able to get out of this predicament he's got himself into? That's what I want to know. (laughs) I bet he will. These guys, man, they're all slick. They're all slick. They hire slick attorneys, do slick stuff. Dan Horgan called my attorneys the slick out-of-town lawyers. The slick out-of-town lawyers. Slick. Slick. Hey, slick. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about Dan, uh, Dan Horgan. I don't want to talk about Dan Horgan. I don't want to talk about Donald Trump. I, uh, I, I, just, I will say this. I just feel like Donald Trump, uh, almost, like he, 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 I don't know, like he's asking for trouble. I mean, why not just turn over the papers? Are you guys really going to support him? Like, those were his papers, man. They were his. He should be able to do what he wants with them. I don't... Who gives a crap? Why do you need to die on these stupid hills? Just turn over the papers and go on with your life. 
But no, he wants that Kim Jong Un or whatever letter. I don't know. He's just sort of. I just feel like Donald Trump never grew up. You know, he's just a spoiled child. He's like, I want this, so I'm gonna do it. I have a billion dollars, or at least I have a hundreds of millions of dollars, and I'll just hire attorneys and not pay them. <laughs> but as long as he's having fun, I guess that's what counts, right? Is Donald Trump having a good time over there? Is he enjoying his time on on Earth? I hope so. I, I literally hope that for everybody. Are you? Are because like. Uh, there's just no guarantee you're going to come back here, you know? I mean, the reincarnation people are like, man, you you can't escape this place. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I believe in reincarnation, but only to a point. I believe that your energy, all your molecules don't disappear. I don't think things actually disappear in the universe. So it stands to reason that you get embedded in something else. I, I don't I really don't believe that you in your whole being go from one creature to another creature after your death. That sounds not likely. I think that you die and then your particles or maybe even your consciousness, whatever the hell that is. I don't even know if consciousness is a real thing. Let's just say for fun, it is a real thing. I, I I have a hard time believing it just goes into one other being. Like it's a, like a, like it's a, like a, a cube of metal, you know, like your consciousness pops out of this body and then pops into one other body. I, no, I don't, I don't feel that way. I feel like it probably scatters and your consciousness or, or whatever, your existence goes into a lot of different things. I will say I believe in genetics. I believe in that kind of reincarnation because I see my son. I see myself in my son. I see my wife in my son. And and then, in fact, I usually see the best parts of us in him. I'm like, wow, how'd you get rid of the crappy parts of us? <laughs> genetics. Genetics. So I believe in that kind of reincarnation for sure. But... Me just dying and then being reincarnated into a cow or a single cow. No, I, I get reincarnated into a million cows and a million people and, and reincarnated into everything. Hey, Colleen. Yeah, so, right. So Colleen says, depends on how you define death. Right. I guess that's true. I mean, isn't that the, the thing about all of this is I think we get in big, huge fights as humans because we didn't really agree on the premise of the conversation to begin with. <laughs> we come in to a conversation uh, with pre-suppositions, and then, it, you know, if you talk long enough, uh, people nine times out of ten are like, yeah, you know what, that's right. <laughs> I mean, like, let's take the gun debate. Do you, does anybody think that a convicted felon with 
diagnosed schizophrenia, bipolar, and rage disorder should have a gun. Does anybody think that person should have a gun? Like, uh, literally, now that guy probably thinks he should have a gun. But the most hardline gun advocate, do they think that guy should have a gun? I would think no. So, see? Look, we've all agreed. For example, death to self, live for God. Ah, now that's nice. So that's a very profound way of thinking in that, yeah, you say probably not, Colleen, that that guy probably shouldn't have a gun. Right. I think, I think that's, I think, right. I don't, it's just too dangerous. A convicted felon, how about a convicted violent felon with bipolar, schizophrenia, and explosive rage disorder? That's I don't know if it's what it's called. There is a disorder like that, but it's something like that. I'm, I, a lot of my friends have it. <laughs> I just think that guy maybe shouldn't have a gun. <laughs> I have a friend right now who is... So listen to this. What do you think of this? Let me riddle you this. A guy had put up a tent on my land. Within an hour, police are on my land looking for somebody else. Looking for somebody. Unzip his tent. Okay? He's in his tent asleep. They unzip his tent Tell him to get out of his tent. He rolls over and he has a gun. Okay? He was laying on a gun. Now that, it wasn't like he pulled the gun on the cop. It wasn't anything like that. He just had the gun. But because I think he's a convicted felon, he's not allowed to have the gun. Okay? So now, in this situation, should this person be convicted of having a gun illegally? Were the police in the right by opening up his tent, unzipping his tent and telling him to get out even though they were not looking for him and he was not wanted for anything? He had no um, excuse me, open warrants. I think... I don't know. I think if the guy has money, which he doesn't, but if he had money, he would probably be able to get that off of his record. But, you know, he's just with the court-appointed lawyer. I think the guy's going to go to jail. Colleen says, at least at that moment. However, not so good to stereotype because in a moment of anger, anyone is vulnerable to becoming that person. Thank you for saying that, Colleen. I believe that. I believe we all have it in us. I believe we have all the goodness and all the badness in us. And I, I see it I I think and we I think we show it a lot, you know? Who of us can't recognize that we at times in our life have behaved poorly. 
We yelled at our child because we were frustrated. We, uh, ah, is that true? Yeah. Colleen says $1,500. You can buy off a felony conviction. Nice. Well, that guy doesn't have that, I'll tell you. He was living in a tent. I think he's going to go to jail. I think uh, they're not going to, you know, fight the fact that his privacy was violated. I don't know. We're going to see in a week. He goes to his first trial or first court hearing. It's it's the whole premise of, like, the, the Christian story. You are born a sinner, says whoever says it. You know, you're born that way, and there's nothing you can do to... Change that fact. You're you're a sinner, always a sinner. And I think, can't you all agree that? Like, you just, we're just super broken. <laughs> we're super fallible. I've had a documentary team following me around. They're, it's not just for me. It's, it's this cool documentary about mental health services in Akron, Ohio, and they're looking at what I'm doing as an alternative solution, I guess, to mental health. But I was telling, you know, I was talking yesterday. I'm like, do not confuse me for Jesus. (laughs) I am not Jesus. Now, not because I don't think, like, people are like, no, no, you know, like, like that would be too apocryphal to admit that you're as great as Jesus. I don't think Jesus was Jesus. Don't confuse Jesus with Jesus. <laughs> I just don't believe God came down to earth in a physical body. I don't. I I I don't buy I don't buy the Buddha. I don't buy any of that. I don't buy any of it. I've seen no evidence ever of somebody being a demigod. Like, and that's all that is. That's all those stories are. Is like, you know, Achilles, half man, half God or something, right? It's just stories. It's just, now I'm not saying that Jesus didn't exist and I'm not saying that he didn't put out some really powerful, probably beyond our capability ideas. But I just, I just can't. I just can't do it. And like, I want to. Um, midrash. I've heard that word, Colleen. What, what is that? I wish I could believe in it. Because some of the most beautiful people I've ever met are these God-loving Christian people. And I, like, there's time, like, at different times in my life, I'm like, I gotta, I really gotta find this. I gotta get there. I gotta get there. For that person, I'm like, they're, they're so wonderful, and they want me to believe that God, that Jesus is the way, the light, and the life. Like, Jesus was God on earth. Uh 
true children of God understand resurrection power. I, there you go. But see, I do believe in resurrection power. I believe in rebirth all the time. Now that I see everywhere. Birth, life, death, rebirth. Ah, Midrash is a Jewish term for the stories. Okay, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, right on. Right on. A blade of grass. A tree. I see birth, life, death, rebirth. It is. I believe in that 100%. And that's all that Jesus story is is the truth of life, right? It, it goes back to that whole, res I wasn't saying resurrection, I was saying reincarnation. But I don't even know how you can scientifically not believe that. We know for a fact things do not leave this universe. Energy does not disappear in the universe. It does not. It does not disappear. The weight of the universe is Perfect and not changing. Okay. Stories that describe the power of true love. Exactly. And that, the true love, I believe in. I believe in rebirth, which is, if you like the word resurrection, I love the word resurrection. Um, right on. I, I just... I just, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I believe Jesus was crucified on a cross, which I do believe, and put in a tomb and then walked out of that tomb. I don't even think it's consistently told in the Bible. I'm not going to dig it up for you, but, you know, Google it. it like, they're different, different books of the Bible tell different stories. Different books of the Bible tell different stories of, of, of Jesus' birth. And these literalists get them stuck, get themselves stuck in a sticky wicket when they're like, the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Oh, really? So we're gonna play that game now. I'm gonna show you. Things in the Bible. Contradictory. Okay, let's just do it. Contradictory messages in the Bible. 30 pairs of Bible verses that contradict one another. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. What do you got? What do you got? Here's a pair of verses completely incompatible. And whoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man shall be forgiven him and unto him. That blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. Luke 12, 10. For whoever, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, Romans. He used to agonize over those two because you commit a sin that can never be forgiven. You burn the lake of fire forever. No turning back. Do not pass go. Do not collect another. So what would happen in the same sentence? Dear Lord, between you and me, the Holy Ghost is kind of a jerk off, but I'm calling on your name anyway, so save me, dude. Those two verses can't simultaneously be true. And then, like, then I, you could be like, oh, and then they, I, I just get tired of them being like, no, 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 no. 
Uh, one, thou shalt not kill. Thou saith the Lord of Israel, put every man his sword by his side and slay every man his brother and companion the neighbor. And then they're like, well, Exodus isn't the new Bible. That's the old truth. You know, you just go on and on. And then they have to, like, tell me why. Uh, okay, how about this? Um, the first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the tree was burned up and all green grass was burned up. That's Revelation. And it was commanded that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only the, those men which have not the seal of God on their foreheads. Revelation 9.4. Number three, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. That's in Proverbs. The Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning the... Anyways, you get it? I, 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 I don't have enough energy to play this inerrant word of God game. I just don't. It's just silly. It's just silly. And to teach us wisdom to help us understand that we will be crucified too if we do good works. That should not stop the good work. Ah, see? Now this is the kind of biblical talk I love. True. Using the Bible to condemn other people's wrong. Right. So, so this I love. Will you be crucified if you too for doing good works? Absolutely you will. Which leads me into what I wanted to talk about. Today, my lawsuit with the city. I'm being sued by the city. God, children of God understand that the true love, truth, is meant to save us from ourselves and death. See, now that, see, I get, that's what I'm talking about. Now that is interesting Christianity. That, boy, I'm trying to turn off silent mode on. Oh, yeah, my phone's dinging trying to get my attention it's talk about a spoiled child like donald trump my phone's like listen to me listen to me no phone i'm busy in fact i'm going to put you down so i don't even look at you uh going to let you talk that's fine colleen no you're awesome so um <laughs> i feel bad for my for attorneys that have to deal with me because I'm me and I sit on, you know, and I, 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 I stop, I don't talk, I don't stop talking and a lot of attorneys don't like that, but I will say this, I was talking to my attorney for this lawsuit, I have two things going on with the city right now, I'm, we're trying to get to the Ohio Supreme Court to hear my private property uh, lawsuit, we should hear about whether or not they'll accept that Within maybe September, October, we'll see. But I've got another one where they're suing me for having homeless people on my land. And my lawyer said that, I asked my lawyer, I said, um, I wanted to put out a statement. And she's like, I'm not putting out a statement. She's like, you know, and then we need to talk about what statement we're going to put out. And I'm not putting it out. And you can put it out, blah, blah, blah. And then she said this. She said, we cannot talk about, it's like bad etiquette or, I don't know, lawyer, it's not cool lawyer stuff to talk about what agreements will be made, okay? But I said, 
the lawsuit is public knowledge, right? And she's like, yes, it's in the public. And I said, can I talk about the lawsuit that is public knowledge? And I swear I should have gotten it written down, but I swear she said yes. So we're going to talk about that. Okay, so here is an order for preliminary injunction, case number CV 2020-06-1846. There it is. Judge Allison Bra referred to Magistrate Candy O'Connor. Order of preliminary injunction. Right there, I don't know what a preliminary injunction is. I know the word preliminary. That's the prelim, the prelims. It's the, it's the, the pre before the limb. I don't even know what that word means. Who am I kidding? I don't know any of these words. There are plaintiffs and there are defendants. Apparently, I am the defendant. I am defending myself against the plaintiffs. I don't know what a plaintiff is. I kind of know what a defendant is. I'm defending something. I know that word, okay? I know the names of people. I can refer that there's a judge and a magistrate. I really don't know the difference. I See, already, I, I just want, I don't know what a common plea is. I don't know why I'm in that court. This is why I don't talk about law stuff. I don't know what the first line of this piece of paper means. The court of common pleas. Why is it common and am I pleading something? I mean, am I please, plea, the plea? I don't even know that word please. It's not even spelled like normal word plea. I, so this is why I don't normally talk about law stuff because I can't even understand the first line on this piece of paper. Okay? These lawyers say things that no, moral, most humans don't truly understand. We nod. We're like, oh, yeah, well, that's what that means. You don't know shit. You don't know anything. Stop saying you know what a plaintiff is. Stop saying you know the difference between a magistrate and a judge. I would imagine, if I had to guess, a judge is elected and a magistrate is appointed. The magistrate, Candy O'Connor, who I like very much, I've met with her twice now, um, seems very cool and... Smart. Never met Allison Bro, Judge Allison Bro. She's probably cool. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce her name. But it seems like Candy O'Connor, as a magistrate, has complete authority. I guess. All right, plaintiffs, City of Akron, and the state of Ohio. Okay, I guess. I haven't seen anybody from the state of Ohio. Uh, City of Akron law director. Uh, that's Eve Belfonce. Defendants, the houseless movement, the church of the nomadic spirits, Sage Lewis, collectively the defendants. So you see here, these three are me. Okay. Agree. We already agree. Do we agree? I didn't agree to anything that an adequate basis exists. I don't understand. See, these are the things I don't understand. I didn't agree to shit. But apparently I have agreed that an adequate basis exists for the court to approve and issue this order of preliminary injunction. Oh, I see. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Oh, wait, what's going to happen is I need to find out what a preliminary injunction is. 
Preliminary injunction is an injunction that may be granted before or during trial. Oh, with the goal of preserving the status quo. Okay. Okay, I get it already. See, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. Okay, okay. Uh, who can? Yeah, right, Colleen? I know. I, I, I think they do this just so you can pretend that they are important. Because if we don't pretend these courts are important, we're screwed. Okay, so this is what, what they're going to do is they're writing a thing down here, okay? And then they want me to sign this. And then I will have agreed that I will have agreed that an adequate basis exists for the court to approve and issue this preliminary injunction. The instant action was filed June 3rd. The first amended verified complaint filed June 17th for a declaratory judgment and preliminary permanent injunction relief. Prelimin okay. Plaintiffs have moved. Now, plaintiffs, that's not me. That's the city. For the court for a preliminary injunction based upon the agreement of the parties. Okay? Okay. Via Civ R65. Who the hell knows what that is? I mean, I'm going to sign something. Well, they want me to sign something. I don't even know what these words are. Like, literally, I'm going to sign things. I don't even know what the difference between a magistrate is and a judge. And I'm going to sign this shit. Jurisdiction. Akron is a duly organized municipal corporation established in government. Okay, law party, charter with common, RC7. Okay, all right. court has jurisdiction. Defendant, that's me, own or owned or were in charge, care, or control of property in the city of Akron in the vicinity of Broad Street, Kent Street, Kent Place, and Kent Street. In the vicinity, around that. That's true, around that. I do not own anything on Kent Street. I do own or my organizations own a couple things on Kent Place and one building on Broad Street. More particularly described below, that has been maintained and utilized in violation of law, okay, including the following portions of the codified ordinance. Chapter 94, Health, Safety, Sanitation. Chapter 95, Littering. Chapter 150, Environmental Health, Housing Code. Chapter 153, Zoning Code. Collectively, the Zoning Code. Facts. Here we go, the facts. Defendant, that's me. Houses Movement was the owner of 85 Kent Place. That is that is a fact. That's parcel number. I'm assuming that's a fact. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to take their word for it. Maintained and utilized 85 Kent Place in violation of the city code. Okay? They, they're saying, including electrical wiring that was unapproved or not maintained in good and saturated condition, outdoor use of a refrigerator. Uh... A pit for open burning and shelters provided by tents. Okay, I'm not going to go through all the things of whether or not these facts are facts. I will say that there was a refrigerator. I removed it. I will say that there was an open burning pit. Uh, we are allowed to have fires in Akron. We have a burning pit unless someone complains. And of course they complain because they hate homeless people. Okay. Um, the electrical wiring has been removed. Okay. It was put in by a homeless electrician. He did not get a permit. I just took it out. It was easier to take out. I'll put it back in some other day with a permit because they watch every fucking thing I do. Provided and shelters provided by tents and or other non-dwelling units on 85 Kent Place are allowed or permitted 85 Kent's place to maintain, that I would say is true. They are no longer there. They are gone. Defendant, okay? 
The refrigerator's gone. The wiring is gone. There isn't an open pit for burning. I don't, I mean, it's hard to stop these people from burning. But I don't think they're burning right now. I do not allow it. I have a sign up that says no pits for burning. No putting up tents. I have all the signs. Defendant Houseman was the owner of vacant land at Kent Place. That's true. Probably that parcel. I'm assuming that's true. Maintain and utilize the vacant land in violation of city code, which is all these other things. Okay. On May 18th, transferred ownership to uh, Defendant Church's Nomadic Spirit. That's probably true. I don't know the exact date, but isn't it handy? They have that here for me. See the things I learn in these lawsuits. Defendant. Church of the Nomadic Spirit has been maintained and utilized the property in violation of the city code. Okay. Now, I want us to put a little pin in this, that this is a church. And I would like to ask the Google this. What can the government do to stop churches from doing things? Okay. Federal law protections for religious liberty. Uh, what you need to know about America is we take our religion very seriously. The freedom of religion is a fundamental right of paramount importance, expressly protected by federal law. Religious liberty is enshrined in the text of our Constitution and numerous formal federal statutes. It encompasses the right of all Americans to exercise it freely without being coerced to join an established church or satisfy a religious test. It also encompasses the right of Americans to express their religious beliefs, subject to some the same narrow limits that apply to all forms of speech. The free exercise of religion is not a mere policy reference to be traded against other policy references. It is a fundamental right. Okay? So, for example, like uh, a common thing you see in prisons are... Prisoners having the right to wear dreadlocks or facial hair, even though it's against prison policy because it is part of their their right. Federal statutes, including the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 93, support that protection broadly defined the exercise of religion to encompass all aspects of observance and practice, whether or not central to or required by a particular religious faith. It extends to persons and uh, organizations. The, ex the Free Exercise Clause Protects not just persons, but uh, the churches. Americans do not give up their freedom of religion by participating in mar in the marketplace, partaking in public square. Uh, the government may not restrict acts or abstentions because of the belief they display. Um, so I, there's a very interesting case. Religious freedom case with ayahuasca. Okay, so let's see if this is the one that I want to show you. The court held under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, the government had failed to show a compelling interest, that's what they must show, in prosecuting religious adherents for drinking a sacramental tea containing a Schedule I controlled substance. After the federal government seized its sacramental tea, the Uneo de Vegetable, it's uh, something like the Church of the Vegetable, the New Mexican branch of a Brazilian church that imbibes ayahuasca in its services, sued, 
claiming the seizure was illegal and sought to ensure future import importation of the tea for religious use. The church won a preliminary injunction from the United States Court of the District of Mexico and was affirmed on appeal. The Supreme Court affirmed. The court also disagreed with the government's central argument that the Uniform Application of the Controlled Substance Act does not allow for exceptions for the substance in this case, as Native Americans are given exceptions to use peyote and another Schedule I substance. The reason I want to bring this up is because they are telling me I have to put out my fire and what I need you to know is in the Church of the Nomadic Spirit, which is a legitimate church, we believe that fire has been part of the nomadic way of life for hundreds of thousands of years. And when we light a fire, we are celebrating our past, present, and future connection with all nomadics. I also believe that living in a tent is a celebration of our nomadic spirit, and I believe that it is also part of our religion to be able to do so. I just want you to have that in the back of your mind. I am not taking those cases on just yet, but they are in my mind. Okay? Does the government have compelling interest to not allow people to live in a tent based on their religious beliefs? To not have a fire based on their religious beliefs? Especially when the Church of the Vegetable is allowed to have a Schedule One substance part of their religious beliefs. Does the government have a compelling interest? And I believe I'm going to win that case. But that is another time. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Okay. Um, during all relevant times in this individual capacity, uh, it was in charge, care and control of the property is maintained or utilized the property, allow the property in violation of city code. Portion of the property upon which offending conditions have been maintained or zoned. Okay. So anyways, uh, I did get the offending conditions off. I think they're happy with that. Okay, but now this is this is where it gets good, ladies and gentlemen. This is where it gets good. Findings there that a real controversy exists in for which plaintiffs have no adequate remedy of that law. Okay? They have no there is no law including all the laws they mentioned above. Okay? There is no law Okay. So, uh, Colleen says, just for regular, our church gets inspections, fines, and threats. I'm sure they do. Yes. Uh, we are not supposed to sign anything that we do all the time. Yeah, it's giving someone your promise that you will do what they demand and prohibit. I see. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you for being smart. Okay. Now, back to it. What they're saying here is that the laws on the books are not good enough. Okay? They are not good enough. Okay? <laughs> they're saying they're not good enough. I'm currently offline. Is that true? Is that even true? 
Well, we'll find out. They're saying that there's no adequate remedy, including all the laws that they uh, showed above. <laughs> Those are not. Okay. So, because there's no adequate remedy, they got some new remedies they want to put down. Okay? They got some new remedies. The conditions of the property violate the city code. That's not enough. The defendants use the property in violation of the city code. That's not enough. Those remedies are not enough. The plaintiffs are entitled to an equitable preliminary injunction, which is, I guess, this. The plaintiffs are entitled to a statutory preliminary injunction. I do not know the difference. Apparently, I'll, they want me to sign that. I do not know the difference. Orders. Is hereby ordered the defendant, that's me and all my things, that I meet all these chapters, chapter 94, 95, 150, 153, See, they're saying I have to do all these, but if it looks to me like there's real controversy where there's no adequate remedy at law. See, that's what's confusing to me. Now, again, I don't know things. For all I know, I don't understand these words. I don't know. But it seems to me like they're saying there is a remedy with these laws, but yet there is no remedy. That's what it sounds to me like, but what do I know? What do I know? Is hereby ordered the defendant to prohibit from maintaining conditions of the property in violation with the law of the city code. See? City code. Okay? All right. And I know that item is listed in chapters 94, 95, 150, 153, and the city code. Okay. So it seems to me like there is a remedy. It's called the city code. But they're saying, I think there is no remedy. I, but what do I know? I don't even know what a court of common pleas is. So I could be under, misunderstanding that. It is hereby ordered that defendants are prohibited from maintaining conditions of the property zoned residential under the zoning code, from maintaining any such property, uh, not limited, in, including but not limited to sheds, timber, tarps, other non-dwelling electrical wiring is unapproved, not maintained, a little trash. Again, they want me to apply the city code, Okay. It is hereby, now here's an interesting one. Now you listen to this, listen to this. It is, just listen to this. It is hereby ordered that defendants, their officers, agents, servants, employees, attorneys, and those persons in active concert or participation with them who receive actual notice of this order, whether by personal service or otherwise. It's just ordered. I don't know. I thought it seems to me that like there is something that should go here. It is ordered that I do something. But according to D, I think D is just I am ordered. If you can understand D, I would be very grateful because, again, I don't understand the difference between a magistrate and a judge. And it's very possible I don't understand Section D of this. It is hereby ordered that the defendant, their officers, agents, servants, employees, attorneys, and those persons in active concert or participation with them, basically you, if you're watching this, I'm assuming you watching this video, you are now in active concert or participation will receive actual notice of this order, whether by person or service or otherwise. You're ordered. I think anyone that can explain that sentence to me, uh, I would be very grateful. 
Very grateful. I would be very grateful. Because <laughs> I can't understand that sentence. All right. E, it is hereby ordered that this preliminary junction shall run. You see how it goes? It is ordered that it shall run with the land. Okay? Meaning the code. It, all the stuff. So do you remember here? I just need you to go up here. It's saying there's real controversy, but there's no actual remedy of the law. And then they talk about the law. How I'm violating the law, but there's no remedy of the law. You see, this is why I need help. This is why I need attorneys. Because it sounds to me like there is a remedy. It's called the law. But again, I am not a lawyer. And I don't understand many things. But it would seem to me that the law would indeed run with the land. Because it's the law. Now, I'm not saying I have violated the law. I think a better question in my little small mind might be, am I violating the law? Am I violating the law? That would be an interesting conversation now, wouldn't it? As I was talking about uh, religious rights, am I violating the law for, uh, religiously? Am I violating the law? Are, are, are they saying? It seems to me like they could be saying there is no remedy. They said those words. There is no remedy. So we need this special thing to run with the land because there is no law. There is no remedy for this. Doesn't that sound like what they're saying to me? There's no remedy, so we must have it run with the land. If there was a remedy, which I think they said there is a remedy called the law, that would run with the land. Okay? So I shall provide, the defendant shall provide written notice to any buyer or transferee prior to the sale or transfer of the property that there is a law. I think this right here suggests that there is not a law. But what do I know? This seems to me to suggest that there's no law for what I'm doing. If there was a law, I don't think we would need this. F, violation of this order of preliminary injunction shall be punishable in contempt. And that's what they want. They want it so if I or anyone I work in concert with put a tent on that land, we are all punishable in contempt. We are in contempt of this order. That's what they want. They want it they want it to be illegal to shelter homeless people. And they will use this preliminary injunction as a way because anybody that's played Kevin Bacon's 6 degrees of separation, who isn't in concert with me? If you have heard my voice, I would think you are in concert with me. If I say, hey, go put a tent up on your land, 
and then you go and put a tent up on your land. And they said, why did you put a tent up on your land? They said, well, Sage told me to put a tent up on my land. You are now in contempt. You're in contempt. I'm in contempt. Everyone's in contempt because you worked in concert with me. You see what it's saying now? Some attorneys are saying this can't even be held up in law. They don't even think this is actual possibly to be held up. But I'm telling you, if you sign this, they're going to sure try. And then if you can't afford a lawyer, what are you going to do? You're going to take that tent down because you're going to be, they're going to say, hey, if you don't take that tent down, you're in conjunction with Sage Lewis and the Church of the Nomadic Spirit and the houses movement and blah, 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 blah. And you are in contempt. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, I don't know what that means. I don't want to be in contempt. And that'll work. That'll work. So if I sign this, I have, in fact, I think, in my little pea brain, have created a weapon that the government can use against anyone, even if it's not even to be able to be held up in a court of law. You see, that's what it seems like to me. But if I'm wrong, by all means, tell me, because I am not a lawyer and I don't know what the hell about any of this stuff is. I, a preliminary injunction. Okay? Be punishable. Okay, let's keep going. G. This order of preliminary shall remain valid and enforceable until it is dissolved or becomes or is suspended by an order of impermanent, a permanent injunction. I think that's what they're going to do is then they're going to try and get a permanent injunction. Okay? All right. Um, so, now... Now, I want to go back up to C because I don't think I explained this very clearly. It is hereby ordered that the defendant, uh, defendants are prohibited from maintaining conditions at any property, land, or parcel within the city of Akron zoned residential use district under the zoning code of Akron. Any property. Okay. And then the defendants, who are the defendants? I think it's all these people. Where did we go The con in concert? Okay. The defendants. Sage Lewis, the defendant. Okay. So, E is saying, I cannot do this on any residential land. Okay. If I sign this, I will have agreed to never put a tent up on any land zoned residential. And it would seem to me that anybody working in concert with me, which is D, it is hereby ordered the defendants, their office, those in concert participation, we've received this actual notice. So, that's the weird one. That's that sentence I can't really understand. It is ordered that all these people receive actual notice. It's ordered. Ordered what? Is there an order, like an order of French fries? A Big Mac and shake? What is ordered? I'm dying on this D thing. I just, I don't think I should sign something that I don't know what they're ordered to do. See, E makes more sense. It is ordered that this injunction shall run with the land. See? See? 
it is ordered that they will get a hug from the city. It is ordered. I don't know what it's ordered. I don't know. I don't know what is ordered. <laughs> so, that is what I am facing right now. They want me to sign this preliminary injunction. And my lawyer said it's bad taste to, or I don't know, illegal, I don't know, to say what we're going to do. Well, that's easy. I don't know what we're going to do because I'm still hung up on D of what we're ordered to do. Ordered to those persons in active concert participation with them who receive actual notices order, whether by persons, personal service or otherwise, will what? Just ordered anything. Go get me up. Go wash my car. We'll be ordered to wash my car. We'll be ordered to mow my lawn. It's just ordered. They should just put a line. They can fill it out whatever they want. They're ordered. I, I don't know. How are they making me sign something I can't even understand if it's an actual sentence? Now, if it is a sentence, I am so sorry. I was just an English major with a 3.5 grade average from Baldwin Wallace College. I don't know. It's very possible I can't understand English. Very possible. But that seems confusing to me. And what they're trying to do is any kind of shelter. So I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. But the more I read this, the more I think this is just a weapon. And there is an ad adequate remedy. Number one, there is an adequate remedy. It's called the law. Well, they said to the magistrate, well, we just don't want to keep doing this over and over again. Oh, oh, you don't. You don't want to keep doing your job over and over again? Oh, that is hard for you. Look, there's a guy down the street from me. He's a hoarder. Well, actually, this woman he lives with is the official hoarder. And they came... And they bulldozed all of the stuff on his land. They cleaned it all up. Okay? Now you'll be surprised. It's right back to where it was. Okay? It's right back to being the hoarding mess that it was. Did he have to sign this? Because there's no adequate remedy for him? Is he signing that? Is everyone that re, like, okay, you murder somebody, all right? And you go do your time. Do they have to sign a law, a piece of paper that says, I will not murder again because there's no remedy. I don't want to have to take this murderer back in my court again. I don't, I think that's how the law works. There is an adequate remedy. They've listed all the adequate remedies. The adequate remedy is the law. And again, 
if they want, if we want to have a conversation about whether or not it is actually illegal for me to put a tent up on my land, that would be very interesting. But they're not saying that. They're saying it's against the law. So if it's against the law and a judge or whoever says, yes, this is against the law, then that's the remedy. No tents, no trash, no electric service, no refrigerators. That's the remedy. The law is the remedy. Case closed. Right? But again, I don't know anything about the law. So everything here could be just my ignorance, not understanding what is being said here. But it seems to me there is a remedy. It's called the law. And if we want to talk about whether or not this is illegal or legal, that would be interesting to me, but it doesn't seem like that. They're saying it's against the law to put up uh, tents and we don't have a remedy to tell Sage to not put up tents anymore. All right? It's like a special Sage law. We know it's against the law for Sage to do what he's doing, but we want to make this special thing where if Sage does it again, he'll be in contempt and all the people he works in concert with will be in contempt. And then we will have officially made helping homeless people with shelter illegal. That's what this sounds like to me, ladies and gentlemen. But by all means, if that's not what this is, I sincerely apologize. I can't make a big enough disclaimer that I am not a lawyer. I could be completely off on all of this, but if you ask me, they're trying to make it illegal to shelter homeless people in Akron, and if this one passes, then they can just keep rolling it and rolling it and rolling it, and they've said very clearly they do not want people living in tents. That's their goal. They've said it very, very clearly. People cannot live in tents. That's their goal. They've also said to me that they know there's a problem. Which, again, leads me to some confusion. If you know there's a problem that people can't get into housing, but they can't live in tents, where would you have them go? Well, they don't want to talk about that. They're the one-men's shelter that the religious extremists run, that people are kicked out of all the time, that you can only stay in four days a month if you aren't in their work program and don't want to give them 80% of your revenue, your income. Uh, that's why we have shelters because we have acknowledged that sometimes there are, are people that have nowhere to live. That's, that's the def- That's why we have shelters. You see, can we all agree? That's why we have shelters. Not because people choose to not live in a house. They have nowhere to go. So they go to a shelter. Well, when the only men's shelter won't let you in the door because you're a man, they don't want to let in the door. It would seem to me we need some solution. I, again, I'm not that smart. I'm probably missing something. That there's a guy out there, a one, we're going to take one man, okay? He has no place to sleep tonight. He goes to the only men's shelter in Akron and says, can I sleep here? And they say no, because you have been kicked out of here for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. 
He therefore has nowhere to sleep tonight. He has no one else to call because there is only one men's shelter. Where does that guy sleep? Not in a tent, because we are not allowed to sleep in tents in Akron, Ohio. I don't know. I would love to find out. So anyways, that's this lawsuit. I don't know what I'm going to do. The more I read it, I'm like, this is bananas. This seems bananas, but I don't know. Maybe I'll sign it. Maybe I won't. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like there is a remedy there is no, there is an adequate remedy. It is called the law, but they're saying there's no adequate remedy at law. I just, it's confusing to me. But again, that's just because I'm sure I don't understand it. People, I love you. You're amazing. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.